survival. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you so much. Are we ready to begin? Or thank you. I, I think yeah, I think so. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, I watched the first two episodes. Uh, just I'm a big. I have to say I'm Generation X. So I grew up in the early '80s playing Dungeons and Dragons and Middle Earth. And when John Borman's Excalibur came out, uh, yeah, I mean my friends and I went ballistic. I think I know every word to that and. And so just to see a new take on the King Arthur legend, um, but to have a female gaze, as I may say, you know, perspective, I just think that is so unique. And the Lady of the Lake's never been explored before. Yeah, well, well, thank you so much. Um, I think that what attracted me to this project was what you just said. You know, I think I too was fascinated by the King Arthur legend. Like I watched Excalibur a, a bunch of times over and over again with my dad and and I was so excited to read the script and see that that it was taking the Lady of the Lake and doing her coming of age story and that she was the hero. I thought this is the story I wanna tell. But how does someone go from doing soap operas, <laughs> you know, to a fantasy, heavy duty fantasy? You know what, it's so interesting because I was a theater director before I did daytime. And then I went from daytime to primetime. And I'm so grateful for all of the work that I've done in all of these stages because you, it, for me, it informs the work always. You know, I, I, like for example, daytime, we do so much material. We shoot so much in a day that it forces you to really plan and prep and, and know where to spend your time. And on a show like Cursed, which was huge, which we had these, you know, big epic scenes i i can plan and prep like nobody and i think it's because i come from you know a, a good discipline where as a director you have to do that and so i think that you know f building a world in a fantasy world is is an amazing challenge and one that i was completely ready to jump into and merlin what a great character in this series he's a heavy drinker he almost comes off as turkish in appearance yeah, doesn't he? And a Gustav Skarsgård, perfect casting. Did he do something in his audition to impress you? You know, I am such a fan of Gustav's work that you never know in an you know in, in audition process and a casting process. You hope that the the that it's going to translate. You know, you hope that that actor is going to bring it. And I can't imagine anyone else playing Merlin. He is, he is Merlin and everybody would say it like all the physicality, everything that he brought to the character. Like he just completely embodied that character and made it his own. Like he brought so much to it that he, every, all the time he'd be like, who else could be Merlin? It's gotta be Gustav. He's the best. And were there many discussions about how medieval to go with this series? Because there's medieval like Game of Thrones or Excalibur, and then there's Hollywood medieval, where everyone's teeth are nice and nice clothes. So where was the balance on how medieval to go with this series? Yeah, you know, we kept, we had many of those discussions and, and prep is like the time to do that because you are collaborating with all your department heads and, and every, you know, you're throwing out ideas and we really wanted it to feel organic to the world that we were building. So we wanted it to feel a little grimy, a little dirty, a little messy, 
everything coming from nature. Um, for us, it wasn't necessarily like the level of dirt, you know, but it was that it didn't, it didn't want to feel pristine. That's for sure. It wanted to have like kind of a, a messy quality is how I can describe it because nature is that way. Nature is not clean or clear cut. And for us, all the conversations we had about the visual tone and about color palette always came from the idea of exploring nature. And one of the revelations in the series is, you know, who knew King Arthur was such a good singer? Who knew? See? I, I thought it was a decent tune in the pub, right? But I thought. <laughs> but that actor, he didn't consider like, I got to sing in this show too. <laughs> oh man. That, so Devin Terrell, who plays Arthur, I cannot express the love I have for him. I mean, across the board, I feel like that we just, all of our cast members, so talented and really great people, like the people that you want to be around. And, and Devin, you know, we'd have these conversations about singing and about all the things that he had to do. And yeah, he did great. And I think an expression that I'm going to use from now on for at least the rest of the year is piss off half wit. I just thought when Squirrel said that, right, right away, I thought that is a great expression. I hope Squirrel sticks around. I'm only a few episodes in, but I hope he sticks around. He's really fun. You gotta watch. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, he that Billy Jenkins, another another casting like gem. Great. And uh, when Nimue returns home and her village is under attack in in the season opener, uh, you have that single shot. And the, the, tell me about the details in capturing that. I mean, that must have been a lot of rehearsal for that. A lot of rehearsal, a lot of planning, a lot of people that thank goodness came around and to it and said yes, let's do it. Um, mainly, you know, Catherine, because there was no stunt double. She had to do it all. And our steady cam operator who had to go through the sand and do it over and over and over again. And all the people, I mean, it was, it was an epic undertaking. Um, and we really wanted to shoot it that way because it felt like you wanted to be with her and the story was with her and to cut away would have, I thought, just felt weird. And so you wanted to stay with her. And, and Minwe, I see, is her, see her as a medieval Carrie, you know? She has these powers. She doesn't want to accept her destiny. She's, she has a destiny she has to fulfill. How did you find her? Because she carries the entire series. She was cast before I came on, and that can be terrifying. You know, it's like you have to really think, as a director, is this person, the, the, is she going to be the character that I feel, you know, is the character? And I, I was floored. You know, I was a fan of her work. I'd seen 13 Reasons Why. I thought she did such a beautiful job with such um, an incredibly, you know, difficult character. She had such lovely work. And I cannot express how wonderful Catherine Langford is. She's so hardworking, so talented, um, does everything, wants to do everything, never says no. Um, and think, you know, that's who you want when you have a, a lead who carries it all. And you're one of three directors for this series. And I've always wondered, how do you choose which episodes to direct? Do you guys put like a name and a hat or something? How does that work? Do That's funny. So there were, there were four, there were three more after me. So I did the first two. And so doing the pilot um, for me is, is what I wanted to do because I wanted to set the tone for the entire series and wanted to help build the world. So if it's the first pilot, then that's, and you're up for that. Well, then that's the one you're gunning for. If it's another episode, sometimes it's, it's as, as it based on, you know, when you're available, but a lot of times you get the scripts and you can try and direct certain episodes in a season or the finale 
or an episode that really speaks to you. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, we had amazing directors that came on after me. And you had these animated transitions. Those are so cool. How'd those come about? Yeah. So that was, you know, a lot of conversation about how to make sure that we were infusing the world with Frank, you know, we wanted to pay our homage to Frank Miller and, and, and as fans and, and of his work and, and he's our creator, you know, and having all these conversations, wanting to make sure that we had his aesthetic and his, you know, his work woven throughout. And that's, those transitions came about with conversations about that. Like, you know, what should we do here? Is there something that we're not thinking about? Should we try this? And once we started to play around with that, we loved it. So Tom Wheeler and Frank Miller, were they the kind that were always on the set or did they only show up every now and then or how active were they during the pilot? Yeah, they were really involved. You know, they were like, I can't, I miss them because they're such great collaborators. And, you know, that's what you want when you're working. You want to work with people that similar sensibility that are supporting you, right? Or helping you to do your job and I'm helping them to do their jobs. And, and so in that, in Tom and Frank, I had that. And yeah, they were very, very involved. And some of the fantasy creatures you had in the show, was it practical makeup or was it mostly CG? But it looked like it was the real thing, a return to it. We have, Erica is our head of our hair and makeup and she is so smart and creative. And again, this conversation of everything coming from nature, magic coming from nature, she was really um, instrumental in doing all this research to find these like natural afflictions for, for people and how that could present in horns and, you know, and skin conditions. And, and we wanted it to feel like it was coming from nature. And um, a lot of that is practical. And speaking of nature, vivid nature is captured in this show. It's just stunning vistas and settings. It's almost like it's a character itself in the show. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. That's what we were hoping, you know, when you read a script, you want to take the clues from the script. And there was so much of that written into it that it really wanted to feel organic. You know, you wanted Nimue's home and, and where she's from to feel as magical as the people that inhabit it. You wanted all the different locations to really tell the story. And so we wanted nature to really stand out in that way. You know, magic to feel like it came from the trees or came from the wind. And so it was a real conscious effort to, to, to keep nature in the forefront of the, of the storytelling. Well, I'm only two episodes in, but I have a feeling, you know, I need a lot more to understand what's going on. There's a lot to unpack in Cursed, but thank you so much for talking to me today. What an incredible series. And uh, when you have a chance, come visit us in Las Vegas. We'd love to have you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> That'd be really fun. Appreciate it. Thank you.